So I'm excited about today's message, um, but just in case you weren't part of last week, in case you weren't tuning in or listening in last week, uh, let me explain to you what this series is all about. So guardrails are a system designed to keep cars from straying into dangerous off-limit areas. It stops you from driving off the edge of a bridge, it stops you from driving off the edge of a cliff, it stops you from crossing medium barriers and, and hitting online traffic straight ahead. So it's a system that's designed to stop you from going into dangerous areas. The thing that, two things that guardrails do is they direct us, but they also protect us. They direct us into safe places and it protects us from going into dangerous places. The thing about guardrails, the guardrails are set inside the safety zone of uh, a corner or a bridge or whatever. They don't put a guardrail right on the edge of a danger zone, but they actually shift it a little bit inside of a safety zone so, so that there is a buffer between that barrier, that guardrail, and danger. And so they're always placed into the safety zone, and they are designed to create minimal damage. In other words, if you hit a guardrail, you might end up at the panel beaters, but you won't end up in hospitals so much. And so it's designed to minimize the damage to your vehicle, but as we learned last week that roads aren't the only places that we need guardrails. We need guardrails in our lives as well, guardrails in our relationships, guardrails in our professional world, guardrails in our relationships, guardrails around our finances as well. We need some things in place that keep us from going into the danger zones and keep us protected and directed in the right areas. Because guardrails are not so much about right and wrong. We tend to like to understand what is right and what is wrong. What's the right thing to do or what the wrong thing to do. But what guardrail is, is it's more like about wisdom. It's about making the best decision that you can make based on your past experiences, your, future, your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams. And so it, 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 it's not a yes and no, it's not a right and wrong, but guardrails is really about wisdom and what's the wise thing to do. And so last week we just looked at the need for them. This week we're actually going to look at guardrails when it comes to our friends and associates, like our work colleagues or the people that we do life with. What guardrails do we need to have in place around that? So let me, let me ask you a question that will help you to understand where I'm coming from. Let me ask you this. Have you ever met someone that you wish you had never met? <laughs> Some of you are thinking about people right now. No elbowing the person sitting beside you on the couch or anything like that right now. Have anybody ever met someone that you wish that your husband or your wife had never met? <laughs> Has anyone ever met someone that you wish your kids had never met? You know, I think just about all of us in one of those questions would probably answer yes to one of those questions. And the crazy thing is the reason why we say yes to that is because for, for some of us, some of our greatest regrets actually come from the people that we've met. And, and it's not so much the people that we are hostile to or that are our enemies because we're on our guard when we're around those people. The people that we tend to regret that we ever met because of something that happened is usually uh, someone who we thought was a friend and someone that we had close to us, people that we've met and that we've considered friends. And now, 
let me just say this before we get into all of this. You could approach this subject with everything that I'm saying and saying, Craig, you're being really judgmental about this. Well, let me explain to you how this has not been judgmental as we go through this message because it's not actually about being judgmental. It's actually about good judgment because to be judgmental means that I'm forming an opinion about you and what you should or shouldn't do, what you should stop doing or what you should be doing. So being judgmental is actually about me setting myself up as a judge of your life. Good judgment is actually different because good judgment is actually not about you. Good judgment is about me. Good judgment is about me drawing conclusions about my life and what I need to do. Good judgment is based on, in light of my past experiences or the things that I know are a weakness to me or the things that I know that are a temptation to me and based on my current circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Not for everybody else to do, not for you to do, but what is the wise thing for me to do? Because this is not about judging people, it's about making wise decisions for me in light of the fact that some of our greatest regrets actually come from the people that we've met. And in hindsight, we can see that, um, and it's not being critical of them, it's just wishing that at that time, whatever time that may have been, that we wished we used better judgment. Let, let me put it this way. Um, most of us were brought up by a mum or a dad or our grandparents or an uncle or an auntie or somebody that was responsible for us. They were responsible for us. And usually, I don't know about you guys, but I know probably in my <laughs> parents, Usually they were paranoid about your friends, yeah? Usually they're very paranoid about the friends that you have. I, I know that there are some people listening today where your parents did things like, you're not going over to their house and they're not coming over to our house kind of thing. You know, you're not going to their place. I don't want you to be friends with them. What about this one? I forbid you from seeing that boy or seeing that girl. You know, they shifted you from one school to the next school to get you away from your other friends. And then they shifted you away to a whole entire another town or a country to get you away from your friends. And, and when you were on the receiving end of this, if you're like me, you're like, man, my response to my parents was stop judging my friends. Stop being so judgmental. And now the problem is, is that many of us that face that, we're now parents and we're paranoia, even more paranoid than what our parents were paranoid. We're paranoider. And, and we do things like, the beauty about now is that we do things like, we go onto Facebook and Instagram and we stalk your friends so that we know everything about them before we've ever met them. Has <laughs> that been judgmental? No, it's been nosy. No, it's... It's more than that. And the reason why we've become paranoid, yeah, that's, that's a great word, I've just invented it, is because you remember what you were like and what your friends were like and what your parents knew or the person that looked after you knew and what you now know is that there is a thing in relationships that happens that can either be super healthy or it can be super negative. And that's not being judgmental. 
that's you caring about your kids. And your kids are going to say to you that you're being judgmental and you're going to be saying, no, I'm just using good judgment. Why? Because what we understand as we go along in life is that our friends determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Our friends determine the direction and the quality of our lives. Or here's another saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Our friends determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And the thing that makes friendship so amazing is also the thing that can make it so hazardous and dangerous. Because around good friends, you're going to let your guard down and that's really safe. But around the wrong people, if you let your guard down, it's dangerous. And so what makes friendship so powerful is also the very thing that can make it so hazardous. And, and the reason why we have to watch out for this is because you and I are uh, acceptance magnets. We, we are attracted to environments where we feel accepted, where we feel deeply accepted. And those environments, if they're great, that's really good for you. But if they're not so great, then it's not good for you. And the reality is we have gangs that we have in our country because gangs have accepted, because they're acceptance magnets, and because they've never felt love in their lives or never felt acceptance, they will take the acceptance of a gang, even though it's not real love, because people just want to feel like they belong. And so in that situation, it's a bad environment, but because of their need for acceptance, we are drawn towards that feel of acceptance. And so in hindsight, of all of what I just said, we need guardrails to direct us and protect us in relationships. Now, there's this really cool article that came out from a brain scientist at Northwestern University, and his name was Morin Schiff, Surf, Morin Surf, great name. And he's been studying for the past 10 years or more He's been studying relationships and the effect that they have on decision-making. The effect that different relationships that we have with people has an effect on our decision-making. And what he discovered is that it wasn't just behaviors that rub off on people, but it's actually, before that even happens, it's actually neurological. That something happens in your brain. He discovered that if we spend time with others, our brain waves actually start to align over time and our brain waves become identical to the people that we hang out. So what he has proved through science is that before the behavior and the attitude change, there is something that happens in our brain when we spend time with other people, our brain waves begin to line up. And so he, here's a couple of quotes that come straight out of his article. He said this, he said, The more we study engagement, we see time and again that just being next to certain people actually aligns your brain with them. I can just see now people are shifting from beside people at home. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold on a sec. <laughs> I'm going to sit over here, yeah? So what, what he found was just by being, not words, not communication, just by being in the proximity, just by being by somebody regularly, 
that our brains actually start to align. And then he goes on, he says this, and this is an incredible thing that he says. If you hear this, he says, if people want to maximize happiness and minimize stress, is there anybody that wants to maximize happiness and minimize stress in their lives? I don't think there's a person listening or a person in this room that doesn't want that to happen. He says here, they should build a life which requires fewer decisions. I like that. By surrounding themselves with people who embody the traits they prefer. In other words, what he is saying here is if you hang out with people that embody the traits that you want to see in your life without any effort on your behalf, without any intentionality around it, your brain, just by hanging around them without having to do anything, your brain will start to line up with their brain, and before you know it, you're going to become the person you ultimately want to become just by hanging around with them. And he finishes the article by saying this, he says, over time, they'll naturally pick up those desired traits and attributes and behaviors. Now, the flip side of this is you can pick up undesirable attributes, attitudes, and behaviors with no effort, just by simply being in proximity to someone, something happens in your brain. And friend, that's not being judgmental, that's science. That's fact, that's truth. And it's actually about exercising good judgment. It's not about being judgmental, Because this is about your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. This is about your future. Because your future will be impacted by the people that you spend most of your time with. Your future will be impacted by the people you do community with. Your future will be impacted by the people you do life with. And even though science has taught us this, The reality is 3,000 years ago, a man by the name of Solomon, who was considered to be the wisest man that's ever lived, said that very thing in Proverbs 13, verse 20, when he said, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. What is he saying here? With no effort, with no intentionality, You don't have to remember anything. You don't have to write anything down. You don't have to pass an exam. If you just walk with the wise, you'll become wise. It happens automatically. You don't have to do anything, which tells me this, that wisdom is contagious. If you hang around the right people with good wisdom, it's contagious and you can catch it without having to do anything. But Proverbs 13, 20 goes on and it says this, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. In in the Jewish thinking, when it came to the word fool, what the Jews believed that a foolish person was somebody who wasn't careful. Someone who wasn't careful. A fool was somebody who just lived for today without any thought of how that would affect their tomorrow. A fool is someone who doesn't walk carefully. Remember last week we talked about that in Ephesians 5.18 where it says, what, you know, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as the wise. And so to the Jews, that a fool is somebody who's not careful about how they live their life. And he's saying, walk with the wise and you become wise. You would think it would say, walk with the fool and become foolish, but it doesn't say that. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. 
But it doesn't say walk with the fools and become foolish. It's actually worse than that. It's not that you become a fool if you're hanging out and doing life with fools over the time. You're not simply becoming foolish. You're going to suffer harm. Walk with the wise, become wise. Walk with a fool and suffer harm. Hang out with foolish people and suffer harm. How? Because when their lives go bad, because of your proximity to them, there are greater odds that something goes bad to you too, because as they go, you go as well. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Oh yeah, but Craig, I don't do what they do. Yeah, you might be right, you don't do what they do right now, but according to Morin Surf, over time, if you hang out with them, you will do what they do, because you become like the people you hang around. Proverbs says that it's worse than becoming a fool. It says you'll be caught up in the collateral damage of the explosion of that person's life because of their decisions. And, and, and the reason why parents tell you don't be friends with that kid or don't be friends with that or don't go with that girl or don't date that boy, it's not because your parents don't trust your decisions. It's that they don't trust the kids that you're hanging out with and their decisions, and they're worried that you're going to get caught up and suffer because of your friend's decision. And you'll suffer because of that. And that's not being judgmental. That's just good judgment. Why? Because friends who aren't careful with their lives won't be careful with your life. Friends that aren't careful with their marriage won't be careful with your marriage. Friends that aren't careful with their finances won't be careful with your finances. Friends that aren't careful with their kids won't be careful with your kids. Friends that aren't careful with their lives won't be careful with your life. Friends who don't take care of themselves won't take care of yourself. Friends who don't look after themselves won't look after you. Friends that don't care about their health won't care about your health. Come on, like, who you hang around has an impact on your life. Friendship can be awesome, but it can also be really hazardous. And so friendships actually require guardrails. And remember, the point of a guardrail is, is not at the bottom of the cliff when the disaster happens. The guardrail is built into the safety margin to stop you from even getting into the danger zone. And a guardrail is there to light up your conscience before you veer into the danger zone. A guardrail is in place to just, it's like a red flag, boom. It should, oh, oh, prick your conscience before you even go there. So let me just give you five suggestions um, that you can put in place when regards to friendships as guardrails to, to highlight, to, to stir your conscience, to light up your conscience before you get to the danger place. The first thing that you can do a guardrail that I suggest that you put in place. When it dawns on you that your core group isn't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving. Here's the thing. Friendships are not static. They are always moving. They are either growing or they are decaying. Friendships don't stay static. And where people are heading is a good indication where they are leading you because friends lead each other. And a guardrail for you would be, oh, my friends, where they're going, 
is not where I want to head. That should light up your conscience. That should become a red flag to you of like, whoa, hold on a sec. I need to reassess this. The second thing that should be a red flag or should light up your conscience when it comes to friendships is when you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are. If, if you're having to pretend to be somebody that you're not to make sure that your friends like you, you are, you are you're bumping up against a guardrail. You are in a danger zone. If you have to be somebody that you're not to get acceptance, then they're not friends. Because friends love you for who you are. And so, you know, like if, you're, if you're finding yourself pretending to be something that you're not, and trust me, I've done this in my life when I was at high school. You know, uh, I was a goth one year, a heavy metaler the next year, and a boy band boy the next year, just trying to, pretending to be something to find acceptance. You know, I'm telling you, if you're having to pretend to be somebody to get people to like you, friend, that, that's a gut, that should light up your conscience. That should be like, well, hold on a sec. This is not a good friendship for me. The third thing is this, when you feel pressure to compromise, not when you have compromise, but when you feel the pressure to compromise. Before you even compromise, the pressure where you feel like you have to, where you feel like you have to get drunk because all your friends are getting drunk, where you feel like you have to do something because even just the fact that you're feeling that pressure should be something that lights up your conscience and go, whoa, hold on a sec, this is a red flag for me. This is not, this is not a friendship that I want to be part of. Number four, when you catch yourself thinking, I'll go, but I won't participate. <laughs> let, let me put that in a context that you may help. Let me ask you this. Would you buy that from your 14-year-old daughter? Dad, um, I'm going to a party on Friday night, and uh, yes, there's going to be alcohol in that there, and yes, there's going to be a bunch of boys there, but there's probably only going to be like 25 of us, and, and I promise, even though bad stuff is happening that you won't like me doing, I won't do it. And, and your response is, yeah, honey, go for it. God bless you. No, 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 no. Your, your response would be, honey, I'm not saying you can't go. I'm just saying you have two options. One, you stay home, or two, there'll be 26 people at the party rather than 25 because I'm number 26 and I'm coming with you. That would be your response. But here, here's the thing. Even as an adult, I'll, I'll go, but I won't participate. Friend, like the fact that you feel like you have to say that you won't participate shows that there's a pressure that you feel you have to participate. And that should light up your conscience. It should be like, whoa, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. That's not the right call for me. Number five, the last one, and I think this is a big one. When you hope the people that you care about don't know your whereabouts. When, when you are going somewhere where you're hoping that the people that care about you don't find out where you've been with some so-called friends, that should light up your conscience. You know why? Because that's the beginning of a lie. It's the beginning of a lie. You haven't lied to them yet, but when they ask you where you were, you will, because you don't want them to know where you've been. And so if, if, if that is happening with you, then man, that should light up your conscience and you should be like, whoa, hold on a sec, this friendship is not healthy for me. 
Now, I know that some of you might be right now listening to this and, and you're like, man, that sounds really over the top. That sounds really narrow in your thinking. It sounds judgmental. And, and I know that you might think that. But the reason why I feel so strongly about this is because in my role in pastoring a church, I've had too many people walk into my office and their greatest regrets of things that have happened has been because of the people that they've met. Because they didn't have guardrails in place. And the stories I hear, and because of my own experience, I know that we've got to have guardrails in place when it comes to friendships and associates and work colleagues and different things. You know why? Because there are people that will wake up all over our community this morning and they're going to look in the mirror and even again tomorrow and they're going to look in the mirror and they're going to say, how did my life get here? How did this happen to me? And I tell you what, the answer is this. Our friends still determine the direction and the quality of our lives. You got to where you are because of the people that you hung around. And that is why you and I need guardrails in place that light up our conscience, not when we get into the danger zone, but before we get into the danger zone. You see, Jesus makes this really cool statement that is quite often overlooked. And the thing is, is that Jesus was a guy that preached a lot of wisdom when he was here on earth. But there were these people, these religious people, these Pharisees, we call them, that would constantly argue or counter-argue everything that Jesus would say. No matter what he said, they had an argument as to why that wasn't right or why that couldn't work. And, and they just would continuously argue with him all the time. And he was having this one situation with them in Luke 7 where he's saying stuff and they're arguing. They're just basically... You know, no, that's not right. No, it can't be that. Da, da, da. Constantly arguing. And Jesus makes this incredibly powerful statement in the middle of it that can be missed so often because of the context that it was in. He says this in Luke 7, 35. He says, wisdom is proved right by all their children. In other words, Jesus is saying this, time will tell that wisdom always has the last word. You know why? Because wisdom is not an absolute. Wisdom is based on my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams. This is the wise decision to make. It's not an absolute. And the problem when it's not an absolute is there's always a counter-argument to wisdom because it's not a black and white. Wisdom actually operates, operates in the gray areas of our lives. And so there's always a counter-argument to it. And here's the thing. The five suggestions I've made today, you and I could sit down and have a discussion, and you could make an argument as to why they are the most ridiculous statements that you've ever heard. Because what I've said today are not absolutes. It's wisdom. And you could make an argument to it. And you could win the argument. Because wisdom is not an absolute. Wisdom lives in the gray space. It operates in the border line of, of the safety line 
or the guardrail inside the safety barrier. It operates just inside the border line of relational, financial, personal, and professional disaster. And it's not an absolute. Wisdom will actually allow you to win the argument as to why you shouldn't do that. But here's the thing. If you win the argument against wisdom, it will ultimately cost you your life. And that was Jesus' point to them. He said, wisdom is proved right by all her children. In other words, you watch what happens. You watch the fruit of this decision. And you tell me whether this was wise or not. Because wisdom is not absolute. Wisdom is not proven right. Wisdom is not proven right in the courtroom, not in the debate. Wisdom is proven right in the outcome. Wisdom is proven right by the outcome. And establishing guardrails and friendships is not a lack of concern for people. It's not a lack of love for people. Actually, it's not even about other people. It's about your future hopes and dreams. It's about you and what you choose to do. It's about being in a position to help those friends you had to distance yourself from once they start reaping what they have sowed in their lives. It's actually not a lack of love. It's actually an expression of love because by remaining in the safe zone, you are in a better position to help those very same friends that have crossed over into the danger zone. It's actually not been judgmental. It's actually been loving. It's actually good judgment. Wisdom, as Jesus said, is proved right by her children. Remember Proverbs says this, walk with the wise and become wise. And remember last week we said this in Ephesians, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future because your future is determined by the people you hang around. And this is why for us here at Revive, this is why connect groups are so important for us to be part of. Why? Because if you get into a connect group, you're going to get into a group of people that are like-minded, like-valued. And just by being in that environment, your brain waves are going to align and you will feel the effects in your world without any real effort. Why? Because wisdom is contagious. It's a thing that's going to help you. And I want to encourage you, like, you've got to put some guardrails in place when it comes to friendships and when it comes to your associates. You've got to put some things in place, not because you're judging them. That's judging others and telling them what they should or shouldn't do. That is wrong. That's making you judge of their lives. What we're talking about here is good judgment, and good judgment is about you. It's about what you need to do for you. You know, I, I, I've had to kind of say to myself sometimes when it's come to people that have wanted to be friends or, or whatever, I've actually had to say to myself, I'm actually not, sometimes this is what I have to say to myself, I'm actually not emotionally mature enough to be a friend with that person. Just because some of their behaviors or some of their stuff or, or, or the way that they are, it's, it's not about them, it's actually about me. 
I'm just not actually emotionally mature enough to handle that without it affecting me. It's not judging them, it's, it's judging me. It, it's about making good judgments. And if we learn anything, it's like as we hang around the people that we hang around, maybe, maybe you're like, man, I, I need to start making better decisions. Hey, have a look at the guardrails you have in your friendships. Have a look at the people you're hanging around. Get yourself into a connect group. Get around people that are going to just ultimately, just by being in their presence, is going to help you as your brainwaves are like. Remember Solomon said, if you walk with the wise, you become wise. It's not about effort. It's not about all the stuff that you need to do. It just happens automatically. But a companion of fools, people who aren't careful with their lives, people that just don't care about that tomorrow is connected to today, you hang around them, you're not going to become foolish. You're going to suffer harm. Because when their life explodes, it's going to explode on you. I want to encourage you, man. Let's, let's put some guardrails in place so that not only does it protect us and help us, but then when those friends that you love that you've had to distance, when their life goes upside down, you're going to be in a position of strength and maturity to actually help them. You can't help them when you're in the mess. You can only help people when you're on the outside of the mess. And I want to encourage you, this is not about being judgmental. This is not about being loving. This is actually being loving. Because when you're in a strong position, emotionally, you can help those that aren't.